Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting premiere podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! And I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, we are reviewing The Green Knight, which came out on July 30th from A24 Studios, the studio that brought you Zola. <laughs> Joining me tonight who actually pitched this idea he impromptu he kind of like ran in like a professional wrestler i was in you know i was uh backstage at catering and he just came <coughs> behind me and just hit me with a chair and he said green knight motherfucker and i went all righty then <laughs> Late, the i dungeon, didn't quite say that <laughs> the dungeon master ronnie adams how do you do sir i'm well sir how are you i cannot complain um I, and and I, I've heard our podcast, so I really don't want to make this a long thing, but we have no air conditioning. We have not had air conditioning since uh, Friday night. So I am alone, uh, ladies. I am a lone bachelor tonight, <laughs> just me and the dog and, and, a hot, and Ronnie Adams in a hot sweltering house. But other than that, I'm fine. Oof, buddy, I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I, I for, yeah, I forgot that you didn't have... Man, that sucks. I know that, I know, I know that feeling, though. Um, I... Had an apartment whose the, they they didn't care about it, and the uh, air conditioning went out the entire summer, Oof. and the they just didn't care. Uh, they were selling it to the bank and didn't let us know, right? And or giving it to the bank or whatever. The bank took it, and I looked at my apartment, and my apartment was ninety five degrees one night, <laughs> and I lost my mind. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just went to I went I, I, there wasn't anything I could do. I looked all over um, Walmart for like a, a window air conditioner. Mm-hmm. or something and all i did was buy a box fan a cooler and some ice yeah yeah i uh i used to try to save an electricity i used to keep my air conditioning off when i wasn't <laughs> home and uh, when i lived in miami and uh, i remember like i would walk in it was like walking into a sauna yeah <laughs> so anyway you um i know why you pitched this um you're interested <laughs> in, in in weird movies and yeah. <laughs> Um, you're also interested in like Arthurian legends and yeah. medieval stuff, Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, you could say that. So I figured this was, you know, and then David Lowry, who's um, got a couple of decent credits to his name. Mm-hmm. He, he directed this. He also directed. Um, I We didn't love it, but, it you know, it is it, it got decent reviews. Pete's Dragon from 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was- <laughs> he that's also a, that's a shame. He also directed a ghost story, The Old Man and the Gun, um, The Year of the Everlasting Storm. None of these anyone's ever heard of. But <laughs> <laughs> the he will be di- he will be directing and writing the forthcoming Peter Pan and Wendy for uh, for Disney Plus. In any case, please you know, do he, better than you did with Peach Dragon. He um he has gotten some fairly uh some fair critical acclaim for his past work and he directed the green knight. And so when you pitched it to me, um, this wasn't one I was going to go see in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have skipped it, but you were like, Hey, I like to talk movies. I like to talk movies with you. And I think we should talk about the green knight. So, um, did I leave anything out? Is there any other reason why you saw this? You wanted to see this and then you wanted to talk about it. I'm just familiar with, uh, uh, with the story of Sir Gawain, which is not how you say that apparently. Um, but I'm from West Virginia, so I don't say a lot of things right. Um, but Sir Gawain and, and the Green uh, the Green Knight, I love that legend, mm-hmm. uh, that story. And I always have. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, being in a uh, – come back from church and taking a quick nap, being in a stupor, in my mind, I got the Green Knight mixed up with The Last Duel, which is not out yet. <laughs> It's on the list of things we're reviewing, but no, it is not right. out yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, then I went, wait, hold on. Okay, yeah, I know what I'm looking, I know what I'm seeing now. Um, <laughs> and that's that's kind of where my how my day went. Um, okay. But it was, I mean, it's just, it, it was intriguing to see what somebody would do with it, especially when they called it a fantasy retelling of mm-hmm. Sir Gawain and the Green, the Green Knight. I was like, well, what are you going to do with it as far as fantasy? I mean, it's pretty fantastical as it goes. Right. So um, when I was a kid, I saw the Excalibur movie from the 80s. Mm, um, I'm somewhat, it. yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with, I've, I've seen the Sorcerer and uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. I mean, mm-hmm. really, who hasn't if you grew up in, in the 80s? Right. Um, 
So um, I am at least ancillarily familiar with the Arthurian legend. I knew nothing of the Green Knight. I did not know what this is. I actually sort of, you know, in, in one of the more embarrassing moments of my relationship with Robert Winfrey, I was like, well, we're not going to do this. It's not really based on anything. It's not based. And I meant like, I understood that it was Arthurian legend, but like, <laughs> right. I meant like a recent comic book or somebody else doing a movie version of this and then rebooting the movie that I, and another modern IP. I, he was like, it is based on something though. And I'm like, all right, I get it. That's not what I meant, but yeah, that's, that's really, I, I knew next to nothing about this. So yes, the green Knight, um, Sir Gawain and the green Knight by anonymous, uh, is a epic medieval fantasy film. Um, it, uh, Stars De- uh, Dev Patel as Gawain, a nephew of King Arthur who sits out on a journey to test his courage and face the Green Knight. It's based on the 14th. This is the part I was looking for. It's based on the 14th mm-hmm. century poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It also stars Alicia, uh, Alicia Vikander of recent Tomb Raider fame, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Chudry, Sean Harris, and Ralph Innocent. All right, so let's get into the plot of this, which I'm glad I'm I've never been more happy that there's a plot synopsis online because I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> and this is yet another reference to Mr. Winfrey. You know, there's nothing he, he likes nothing more in life but to show how smart he is and how much smarter he is than most people. Mm-hmm. And which, which is a little offensive to me because I'm a smart guy, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. I am well prepared for him to call me a dummy now when he hears this. <laughs> it's just like, I heard your podcast, <laughs> dummy. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew what was going on, dummy. So um, here we go with the uh, plot synopsis. Straight right from Wikipedia. Um, and honestly, this could be a recipe for like rabbit stew. And, I, and I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. So I'm sure that's what happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dwayne, nephew of King Arthur, is awakened on Christmas morning in a brothel by his lover, the commoner Essel. He returns to Camelot. I have to use the Camelot. <laughs> uh, after being scolded by his mother, Morgan Le Fay, attends a feast at the round table. In a tower, Gawain's mother performs a magic ritual. The mysterious green knight barges into Arthur's court, ding dong, on horseback, <laughs> and challenges the knights. If anyone is able to land a blow on him, uh, they will win his green axe. However, they must travel to the green chapel next Christmas and receive an equal blow in return. Gawain takes up the challenge. Instead of fighting, the green knight kneels and Gawain decapitates him. I have issues with this, by the way. The green knight okay. rises and lifts his severed head, reminding Gawain of the bargain and leaves the castle laughing. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the next year, Gawain's story is retold and his reputation grows. Uh, when Christmas time approaches, the king visits Gawain and reminds him to uphold his end of the game. Gawain departs on horse over the green chapel, taking his green axe and a green girdle made by his mother, who claims that no harm will come to him as long as he wears it. During his journey, Gawain meets a boy scavenging a dead battlefield. He directs Gawain to a stream that will lead him to a green chapel. Gawain gives him a coin in return. Shortly after, the scavenger and two others ambush Gawain and steal his axe, girdle, and horse, and leave him tied up. Gawain severs his bonds with his sword. At night, he comes to an abandoned cottage and falls asleep in his bed, at which point three bears show up. Never mind. Um, (laughs) He is awoken by the ghost of a young woman named Winifred, who asks Gawain to retrieve her head from a nearby spring. When he returns with her skull, he sees her skeleton in the bed. The next morning, Gawain finds his axe returned to him. Oh, that's what I missed when I fell asleep. Got it. Um, I seriously... I I don't... Shortly after the bit where they left him tied up, I... I remember him looking at the lake with with the ghost, and mm-hmm. then I passed out. And the next thing I know, he's got his axe again. And I'm like, "When did this happen?" Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, all right. So, at Gawain's uh, as Gawain's quest continues, he encounters a fox that follows him. He witnesses female giants marching through a valley. Eventually, Gawain reaches a castle inhabited by a lord, who informs him that the Green Chapel is nearby, accepting his invitation to stay. Castle is also occupied by a blindfolded old woman uh, and the Lord's wife, who appears identical to Estelle and makes seductive overtures towards Gawain. On Gawain's last mm-hmm. day at the castle, the Lord proposes the exchange what he obtains while hunting with whatever Gawain finds in the castle. The <laughs> next morning... <laughs> and boy, does this take a turn for the weird. The next morning, crap. the lady presents Gawain with a green girl she claims to have made. 
Gwen relents to her advances in exchange for it and ejaculates on the girdle like you do. What the, the crap? Oh, <laughs> who hasn't ejaculated on a girdle? <laughs> anyway, the, the, the lady rebukes. Just for listeners, just for listeners, and, and I have to explain it to myself as well. The girdle is more like a belt, right? Uh, like a like a cloth belt. It's not like he's not wearing like a girdle, like <laughs> Bugs Bunnies, you know. <laughs> I bet all you men wear these. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, oh god, the lady okay. rebukes him as not a knight. <sighs> anyway, um. Seeing the old woman present, Gawain escapes the castle, but encounters the lord in the forest who reminds him of their game. The lord kisses Gawain in, ter- in turn for the lady's actions, but Gawain does not give him the girdle. Gawain reaches a stream where a boat is waiting. The fox blocks his way, imploring Gawain in a human voice to abandon his quest. But Gawain refuses, because who'd listen to a fox? He takes the boat to the chapel where the, Gawain- where the Green Knight is seated in hibernation. After waiting the night, the Green Knight awakens on Christmas morning. Finishing the game, the knight swings the axe, but... <laughs> stops short twice as Gawain flinches. Before the third swing, Gawain flees and rushes back to Camelot. He is knighted and becomes king when his uncle dies. Asel bears his son, but Gawain abandons her and marries a noblewoman. As an adult, his son dies in battle, and after many years, Gawain becomes a reviled king. With his castle under siege and his family abandoning him, Gawain pulls the green girdle from inside his abdomen. Gawain's decapitated head falls off. I fell asleep and missed that part. Okay, Gawain, this is going to be a great reveal. <laughs> Gawain <laughs> awakes from his vision, still kneeling on the ground in the green chapel. Gawain removes his girdle and accepts the blow. The green knight, pleased, drags his finger across Gawain's throat, sexily, and says playfully, <laughs> now off with your head. <laughs> a post credit scene shows a young girl finding the king's crown and putting it on her head. Okay. What? Why? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know, Ronnie. I don't know. So, do, have you ever read the poem? Like, yes. Could you speak to? Okay, so explain something to my dumbass. Okay. Um. So none of that stuff. So it's kind of like the end of the last Twilight movie. None, none of that happened. None of it really happened. He just like, oh, that's my future. If I leave here, fuck it. Let me just let me just let the guy chop my head off. Right. Okay. Here's my first problem with this movie. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, okay. it's gorgeous, is it yeah. not? This is, this is a compliment sandwich. Yes. Um, it is a gorgeous movie. It is very well acted. It is... <laughs> I, I think it's well acted. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll give you that. I think, you know, it is, it's very strange for modern cinema just because modern cinema tends to be kind of like a rock concert, you know, mm-hmm. and... It's very strange to have such a quiet film. There are, there are entire <coughs> there's entire long period, long stretches of the film where there's no dialogue. Um, it's it's a very visually stimulating film for you know its drab surroundings. But yeah. all in all, I think David Lowry hit the right pitches visually. And then, like I said, with these long patches of silence, you're really having to study the actor and pay attention. It is, it is a film that makes you pay attention to it. Um, my. And, and and it's it's hard for me to criticize this because if this is what happens in the poem. They're just paying, you know, they're just being accurate to the source material, which you know credit where credits do. But it's like, hey, he said specifically, Treebeard said specifically, whatever you do to me, I'm gonna do right back to you. Yeah, I mean, I I may not, but I'm probably gonna. At which point, if you're if you're invested in finishing the game, it should have been like finger poke of doom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't are you gonna do worse than the finger poke of doom? I think not. Not lop off the fucking guy's head and then not expect him to lop off your head in return. And again, right. I I'm probably dumb and just missing something, but it seemed like a huge flaw in the character's logic. I and 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 this leads me to my next thing. I thought again, not having a tremendous amount of familiarity familiarity with the source material, the poem. I thought the benefit of defeating Treebeard in battle and winning his axe would be prosperity for the land. Mm-hmm. In the year that in the year that he waits to, to you know for Christmas to happen again and for him to go back and confront um I won't stop calling him Treebeard. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um the, the Green Knight, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. We didn't really see where he's changed at all. 
Um, the quest is going to change him. I get that. Yeah. The quest and yeah. then finally the vision. But like, I don't know what the I don't know what the point of the game was, and what was the overall benefit of him taking him up on it? Because again, if it's the well, if it's he, temptation. If he, if he well, if he fights the Green Knight and wins, he's showing the king maybe that he can take up the mantle of the throne, that he's mm-hmm. a serious person, and all of that. The problem is they just skip over the year when that would be the time to show those things. Well, that's, that's, you know, the poem itself alludes to a lot of like different side quests. So a lot of like side quests, I'm not DMing right now. Um, <laughs> Dev Patel wrote for experience. I wrote for uh, initiative. <laughs> hey, he rolled a natural one on that one uh in my and opinion then, but and then came and then ejaculated all over a girdle oh my gosh so <laughs> it rolled alludes a, rolled to a, a finish lot of, on her face oh you rolled a one uh, you rolled a one uh, <laughs> sorry I'm, i'll shut up now <laughs> it leads to battles and adventures and stuff like that okay which aren't explained in the poem but when i heard that it was a fantasy retelling i was like maybe they'll go into that right they did not yeah, they skipped over that whole year, right? And it's supposed to be New Year instead of Christmas. I mean, Christmas and New Year were all wrapped up into one, you know. Yeah, um, not sure. But, what the, not sure what the big deal of changing it is. I don't. I'm not either. Okay. Um, but uh, it was just one of those things where you know they got pretty much everything right. Um, okay. He comes in with a holly uh, branch, um, and. Uh, Presents his neck to Sir Gwaine. Sir Gwaine cuts his, his head off, mm-hmm. and then he picks it up and rides away. And they, but you know, Arthur, who looks like Mr. Burns in this movie, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> and then you got that creepy lady from Game of Thrones that still breastfeed her 14 year old son um, as Guinevere. And I'm like, this is not Arthur and Guinevere. I mean, I'm expecting, like, you know, Sean Connery in the day, you know, mm, uh, right. first night. Uh, but that's just that's movies. That, that's where movies have ruined us. You could have um, at least gotten Charlie Hunnam, right? I mean, like, <laughs> come on. But uh, but they admire the axe and then they hang it up as a trophy. Because mm-hmm. even then, they thought, you know, even Arthur thought, well, you did great. You know, you cut his head clean off, and nobody really blinked at the guy picking his head up and riding off with it. Did I miss why? What the fuck of the, of the game? What? What is? It's, what a, is it's a story Knight? of temptation. Okay, but like, a growth. What is I, the? I, what is the benefit of defeating of of the green of gaining the green axe in battle? What is? What is he being tempted with? Um, I, I, that it's like moral virtue. Okay, is he actually going to show up? What's he okay. going to do? How's he going to handle it? Things like that. And gotcha. um, so it's like, that's what I got from it. Okay. So, and you know, I, I accept that it's a rational explanation. It's just the movie is very, is, the movie is, is very visual. Weirdly though, not a lot of, <laughs> not, not a, not a lot of either show or tell. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very pretty beautiful, interesting, scary things happening on screen. But n- not a tremendous amount of depth. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, and they took a lot of things and they changed them for no reason, mm-hmm. which in in sense changes the 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 subject matter of the story, mm-hmm. and it changes the themes and and the lessons of the story. So, like when you look at when, um, it, 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 I don't know, I can't remember, I don't remember the giants, the big naked giants, um. <laughs> being in the original poem, I could be wrong. Mm. I can't remember what was alluded to, you know, what, like, you know, uh, uh, the adventures and stuff like that. It would be really cool if we could have seen more of that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, use, use some of the, take away some of the, um, artistic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Your, 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 the artist's, uh, when you when you have the right to change something, oh, uh, creative license, creative, yeah, yeah. Take your creative license away from the stuff that actually matters and throw it in stuff that you know make him fight a 
daggone giant or or something. Well, that, you was know, the, that was the thing. Like, I got the impression that he's sort of a narrator well on a fop, and you know, he's, and he's not, not. He's, he's well not, in the though. beginning, like in the very like when he's yeah. laying about the whorehouse. Even yeah. then, he's not. He's not supposed to be. Okay. I've never read anything that, uh, that I could be wrong. A lot of, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an Arthurian um, like scholar in the least. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, shoot, I just referenced First Night with Richard Gere as, <laughs> so, um, but you know, I love our, our, I love King Arthur. I love medieval stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. I know a little bit, and I've read some, um, but I don't think I've ever read anything about where Sir Gawain uh, was. Gawain was uh, was a. a lecherous a-hole mm-hmm. you know and um of course everybody back then was pretty much lecherous but you know what i mean right um but it was it, it, that really that took me out of it first of all. i was like why well okay what's the point of this and then uh you know it, it led up to where in that he saw himself leaving that woman uh mm-hmm. his girlfriend and and dropping her by the wayside and, and raising the son as somebody else's and and you know him just turning into a complete horrible person mm-hmm. in that year if he ran away, which is that part of temptation, which he did see what he would turn away turn into if he ran away from uh, what the Green Knight was going to do to him. Mm-hmm. Um, which I that was okay. I was like, okay, that's cool. That is very cool. Um, but uh, it was also, you know, when he get, when he's at the the castle and he and he stumbles on the noble and his wife and his, you know the beautiful wife, right. Well, he spent more days there than, you know, he, the first night was like, hey, let's play a game. I'll hunt. I'll trade what, I, what I've hunted for what you found in the castle. Well, she comes on to him and he, not to be, uh, uh, not to completely embarrass her, he, he takes a kiss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was the first night was a deer. And then um, the, the nobleman lays a deer in front, the Lord lays, lays a deer in front of him. So he gives the nobleman a kiss. Right. Um, and the second one was two kisses and a, uh, and it was the, the boar and he gave the noble, the, the Lord two kisses. And the third one was, um, was a Fox that didn't talk, mm-hmm. uh, to my knowledge. And it was, uh, caught a Fox or he, he killed a Fox uh, and, or captured a Fox. And, this is and poem uh, referencing. yes, this is the poem. Okay. And then he gave him three kisses. But before that, um, the beautiful, the, the wife offered him a golden ring, which he refused. Then she gave him a sash, a girdle that said, this is, it has an enchantment woven into it that will bring, you know, no harm will come to you. It was not, it was not Guinevere. It mm-hmm. was not his aunt that gave it to him or who, or his mom that gave it to him. I'm sorry. It wasn't anybody that gave that to him, but except for that woman. And then he did not tell the Lord that he took that sash or that girdle from her. And then he went about his way because he was only two miles from the green Knight. And then the, he got late, you know, he kneeled before the green Knight. The first one, he, I don't think he even flinched. He just kind of like turned and the green Knight stopped. And then the green Knight did again and stopped. And he actually got angry at the green Knight mm-hmm. and said, just do it. And and didn't didn't you know didn't like fall down or or flinch or anything like that. He just got pissed at him and said, "Well, you, if you're going to do it, do it." Mm-hmm. And um, and it was actually okay. Yeah, I'm looking at some, some notes I took. Actually, I took notes for this. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't flinch. Okay, the first, oh, he flinches slightly in the first swing. Doesn't flinch with the second swing, and Knight explains he was testing Gawain's nerve. Gawain angrily tells him to deliver his blow, so mm-hmm. the knight does, causing only a slight wound on Gawain's neck, and the game is over. Okay. Gawain seizes the sword and helmet and shield, but the Green Knight, laughing, reveals himself to be none other than the Lord of the Castle that he just left. Gotcha. Um, and transformed. It was transformed by magic. He explains that the entire adventure was a trick of the elderly lady that was in the uh, in the castle mm-hmm. uh, who was actually the sorceress Morgan Le Fay, okay. who was Arthur's stepsister. All of that would have been in the film would have been great. Would have been amazing, because then you would have known that she was testing his his metal, seeing mm-hmm. who he was. And even though he took and in, in, in uh, when I was struggling to explain 
what the whole Green Knight situation was in the in the movie, I don't have a clue. In okay. this, they were they were saying they were just testing um, Arthur's uh, Arthur's knights mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, are they what you say they are?" Right, and um, kind of like a book of Job type thing. Yeah, kind of like a book of Job thing. And then you know they explain it and they send him on his merry way. And even though he felt some shame for hiding the sash, they're like, "Hey." you're still good in our book. You know, everybody was like, they forgave him. All the Knights mm-hmm. of the round table forgave him. Uh, even the green Knight says, um, what was it? Let me see where the, um, where he, oh, he, uh, the green Knight laughs and professes him the most blameless knight in the land. Okay. So it was just, it was moral. It's testing his moral fabric of who he was and what he said he was. Gotcha. Um, I really only have like this to say. It is two hours and ten minutes. Right. Artsy fartsy, beautiful (laughs) cinematography, nonsense. Yeah, this is two hours and ten minutes. Sorry. And (laughs) the game of Jack is kicking in right now. (laughs) Sounds like you didn't love it. Um and it I'll say this and then kind of give you the final word here. Yeah. When he goes on his quest to confront the Green Knight, some of that stuff is interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it's you know he's going on an adventure and he you know and he gets accosted by uh, by thieves. <laughs> he <laughs> here's, here's Frodo Baggins. Yeah. I'm going I'm on, an on an adventure. <laughs> um, you know, know he deals with a ghost. Then there's the bit in the Lord's Castle with some funny yeah. business going on there, and then he finally goes to the Night, oh. and we have our twilight ending. And here's the thing: the everything while he was going on the quest was kind of okay. I was, I was like, you know, I, I nodded off because I was tired, um, yeah. and it's just a quiet film. But yeah. I, I did not nod off necessarily out of disinterest. Also, there was a no, not, not, not to get too personal, yeah. but I had a problem with my foot, like like the way I was sitting. All of a sudden, like I had this horrible pain in my ankle. At one point, yeah. I had to like, just get up and walk, um, which is a weird thing you have to do in a movie, but it happened in any case. But like. Like I said, the beginning wasn't fleshed out very well, and then the end. I don't love the Twilight ending. You know, I, I, someone hearing me say this, be like, ah, it's not Twilight. But like, I don't love. I, I get the idea of if you choose, you have two paths in front of you. If you choose one, it's going to end badly for you. Just take your, just take your lumps now, and yeah. you're, you'll be better spiritually. You'll be better <coughs> off for it. Um, you'll save yourself. You're, you'll save yourself the long fall if you just man up and take your lumps like you said you would. Right. Okay. I get the I get the moral lesson in that for the audience. I kind of get the spiritual yeah. lesson in that for the for the for the night. Um. Oh, ha- in the poem, he didn't he didn't bust on the on the girdle either. Okay. Terrific. Yeah. What um, crap? But like I said, I see that. Um. So I didn't love the beginning and I didn't love the end. The stuff in the middle was okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love the beginning. Didn't love the end. Wasn't crazy about the middle either. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to bash this movie too much because, like I said, it is a beautiful movie to watch. It is well acted. I think it's yeah. an interesting craft. I think I don't know how well executed their vision of this thing was. I, don't I feel think it was like executed well at all. I feel like they were shooting for something and they didn't hit the mark. No, um, and it's. And we'll talk about this when we get to the Rotten Tomatoes bit, but there is definitely a serious discrepancy in the audience score, in the critical score. I think film critics can see the value in this and will and speak highly about it. Yeah. I think for the average person, it's it, it's like you, and, and I'll kind of turn it over to you for the last word here. You're sure. right; it's a little on the artsy fartsy side. Yeah. Um for for an independent like studio putting out. It's we it's weird that this got a wide release because I, I can't imagine they thought this was going to get a big audience and we'll talk about that in a little bit when we get to the money yeah but it's it's a I I credit the filmmakers for desiring to make the thing I don't know if they <clears throat> successfully hit the mark in execution and I'm not entirely sure who they thought was going to go see this thing but I'll let you have your last word. Um, that's what I was getting ready to tell you. Or, uh, I'm glad you said that because 
honestly, I think because of the COVID-19 craziness, scare, whatever you want to say, where they weren't, you know, all theaters closed down. I think that's why this got a wide release Mm -hmm. because they needed to fill some slots with some some original stuff. Um, And honestly, I think that's why this, this happened. I could be wrong. I could, you know, somebody come through and say, no, 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 that's, we always wanted to have a wide release. And I would say, well, that's dumb. (laughs) I should have rethought that one. Um, I'm sorry, but it's true. But, you know, there are certain, this, this hits a certain niche crowd, right? Um, This is going to be for your, literally your art house movie critics. You don't think this will attract at least in the Venn diagram the portion of D and D medieval no, fanatics when they that find are out, also film people. What when they find out what it is? No. Um, right, so you, th- you think you think the people who start like opening weekend the pro- and also the problem is I think this went up against. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Jungle Cruise. Uh, this went up against Jungle Cruise of all things. Yeah. So, so and in the week this before had no was, hope. like Snake Eyes and all, and the week before that was Space Jam. Yeah. So this was like, there's a lot of fluff and a lot of fun and a lot of summer blockbusters. And they're like, hey, you want to read this? Our theory? You want to watch our vision of this Arthur you know, theory and poem? No. No, I don't. This I want to watch, been, I wanna watch been, The Rock punch people on a jungle boat. This should have been released in September. Closer yeah. to Oscar season. Absolutely. I, this, this will absolutely get Oscar noms. Oh, absolutely. And it deserves it. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I but I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Like, if, um, I'll uh, pull up the list real quick. But I, I think if I read you like the list of, let's put it this way: I know there's not a lot <laughs> happening in September because, like, other than Shang Chi, <laughs> which I am, I am, I am, I am absolutely stoked about. Like, okay, so the September movies this year are Shang Chi, which it's it's in September because it got delayed because of Black Widow, Malignant, which yeah. is the new James Wan horror movie. I want to um, see that actually. See, like they should have released it right if they were going to do a wide release in theaters, they should have released it September seventeenth because its only options would have been The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I saw the trailer for that today when I was in the theaters. It was good, and then Cry Macho. You- yeah, that, that is that is right up my alley, and then yeah, Cry it Mach- really is. And then Cry Macho on HBO Max. Then the following week is Venom. And then the following week is Adam's Family, Hotel Transylvania, The Many Saints of Newark. So, like, right in the middle of September, I think it would have worked really, really well. It would have been close to Oscar season. I think people who, again, in the Venn diagram of film people who are also D&D people would have not had anything else to go see. So they might have gotten a bigger audience. Yeah, sandwiched in between Jungle Cruise and Suicide Squad, probably not a great idea. Yeah, I mean... You're you're catching people coming off of this. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm serious. You're catching people coming off this this high of uh, of you know ninjas and uh, like I said, the rock punching things and and Suicide Squad. You know, John Cena stabbing a man to death forty times with a with an axe. Uh, you know, and then shooting a guy and having his peen flop around. Um, but uh, you, you're coming off oh, all that silliness. Sorry, you're coming <laughs> off all that silliness, and then you're like, "Here's something that we want to win Oscars on." Yeah, and a lot of people are just going. I'm sorry, they're going to turn their nose up at it. And right. <laughs> I like, and I get. Uh, I'm going to restate what you just said. You can watch the rock rock punch people on uh, the Amazon River. You can watch John Cena stab a guy with his dick hanging out. Or you can watch a thoughtful meditation on temptation. <laughs> right, exactly. Thank you. You made that much prettier than I, I could have. Um, he didn't stab the peen guy. He he shot the peen guy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, he's just like the okay. So Suicide Squad, where the guy's laying there half dead, or you know, like asleep or whatever, and he just goes up his body with you know just stabbing like nineteen times. Hilarious. Which says something about my mental state of being. Um, but uh, but your final thoughts on the on the Green Knight, sir? Yeah, the real thoughts on the Green Knight were I. There are good aspects about it, but the for me the changes in the story, and the fact that they didn't do more with the 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 fantasy retelling part of it disappoints mm. me, and I and it's one of those things that I probably won't watch again. All right, um, yeah. hey. Uh, I know you're still doing the DM thing. Uh, what kind of music oh, yeah. have you been playing for your for your campaigns? Oh, 
let me tell you something. I play play music, d- different music than I than I listen to to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So when I stream, I can't use a lot of wide. You know, like I can't use anything that is copywritten. But mm-hmm. when I prepare, when I do my preparation, I listen to a lot of stuff, such like Man of War, uh, War, you know, just uh, like just a lot of fantasy metal. Well, I don't know and if you noticed or not, but Man of War and a lot of fantasy battle metal type stuff. Battle metal, yeah. Uh, progressive fantasy metal, like like Rhapsody of Fire, oh, Blind yeah. Guardian, things of that nature. That's all on AmazonMusic.com. You're kidding. I'm not. And we're giving away a free 30 days of Amazon Music right now. If you click the link in our description at uh, getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network, you can get yourself a free 30 days of Amazon Music on us. If you like it, and why wouldn't you, you can keep it um, and continue to pay the monthly service fee like you would with Spotify or Apple Music, or you can cancel it. And it's not like these other crazy services where you have to send them, a, you know, your first one child and an ounce of blood, um, you know, you know and, and a promise <laughs> written on tablet, uh, not an electronic one, like a stone tablet, uh, in order to cancel yeah. the, in, in order to cancel it. There's no fuss, no muss at all. You cancel it at, at any time after the 30 day, your free 30 days are up. And who doesn't like an unlimited serve, server full of music Oh, I love that it. You can stream endlessly. Everyone should have a soundtrack to their life, Ronnie Adams. Everyone should have walkout music. And you can find your walkout music on AmazonMusic.com. And with that said, for such as it is, here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. All righty. Um, this thing did not make shit tons of money. Um, first, that's, so, that's <laughs> the best lead into the, to talk had, about money ever. I love it. Uh, it had a budget of fifteen million dollars, and I'm sure somebody, you know, when they were filming this, was like, you know, they, they were budgeting this out and green lighting it or whatever. They were like, surely this will make at least thirty million dollars. It hasn't yet, <laughs> as of this recording, and it's been out. For about uh, for a week two, now, two, two weeks now, yeah, two just weeks. about. Oh. Uh, well, it's August eighth, and sorry, so about a little over a week, a little over uh, a week, yeah. yeah. Um, it has made twelve point two million dollars. It hasn't kind of even a, met budget yet. No, no, oh, sir. Man, so um, it wasn't. Uh, it came out the same week as Jungle Cruise and Stillwater. Yeah. Um, and nine days and, and Enemy of the State and Never Gonna Snow Again. Uh, it they. De- Excuse me. It debuted at number three. Um, Jungle Cruise, which we talked about on that review, obviously debuted at number one. Old dropped from one to two, and then Green Knight slid in at number three, knocking Black Widow to number four. Stillwater debuted at number five, uh, knocking Space Jam from four to six, and then uh, Snake Eyes fucking cratered. (laughs) (laughs) Deep impact style. (laughs) Morgan Freeman was the president. Um... (laughs) That <laughs> dropped from two to seven. Oh, snake eyes. Oh, snake eyes. Um, F9, the fast saga dropped from five to eight, escape from six to nine, and the boss baby, which is actually doing really well, um, fell from seven to ten. Uh, we covered a lot of this, like I said, when we reviewed Jungle Cruise, that's currently in the archives now. So, um, you can go check that out. I really don't have a whole lot to add necessarily for the money. Um, Again, a lot of this we, we just covered, and we're going to cover again on Tuesday when we do Suicide Squad. But hey, if you've never heard us before and you haven't heard any of those reviews and you're not going to listen to Suicide Squad, here's the 2021 Worldwide Box Office Top 10. Uh, Haimon, Detective Chinatown, and F9 dominate the top three and have pretty much uh, Shocker. the first two for sure all year. And But F9, not doing bad for itself. For a movie that was supposed to earn over a billion dollars like the rest of the franchise recently... Uh, but is having to deal with the craziness that is the you know pandemic times. Six hundred and sixty-one millions, not too bad. No. Um, Godzilla versus Kong lost steam um, and hasn't even hit five hundred million and won't any. You know, at this point, who's? Well, I mean, they released it on HBO Max, which screws everything too. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. When we look at box office receipts from BoxOfficeMojo.com, mm-hmm. it's not giving us. See, here's the problem. Like. When with Black Widow and Jungle Cruise, Disney can tout the amount of people they they have an they have an accurate way of getting a reflection of who bought 
Premier Access because Premier Access is an extra thirty dollars on top of your ten dollars a month. Absolutely for, for Disney Plus. I honestly think that like I know HBO Max released their entire slate of movies uh, day and date for you know for the cost of the for the subscription overall, but and not that I wanted to spend extra money on any of this, and 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 they did it because they're they were losing the streaming wars, and they figured well people in mass will sign up to watch Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and Godzilla versus Kong. But my my thought about this is that they really should have made those like their own version of premier access. I think it was dumb to ju- I think you have what they should have done was say you cannot rent this thing VOD and not be a subscri- su- subscriber to HBO Max because that's the way Disney does it. You have you to- can rent it VOD. No, you can't. Oh, okay. You have to be a sub- subscriber to the streaming service yeah. and then pay an additional fee. And not that I want to, you know, I'm sure someone listening to this going, hey, I got fucking kids to feed. Like, stop making, stop advising them to call, make things cost more. But if yeah. you're really looking to make money on like Mortal Kombat and Godzilla vs. Kong and Suicide Squad, they should have charged an extra 30 bucks like Disney does. Here's the thing, though. I think they're doing it. I think they're doing it the right way uh, as far as certain things are going. Disney's really screwing over their actors right now, though. Okay, yeah, that that yes, and that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. But also, when it comes to me personally, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay thirty bucks for a movie. If I'm going to pay thirty bucks for something, I'm going to get the experience of going to a theater out of it. I'll tell you. you know? Well, not everybody. Uh, again, things have changed drastically over the course of yeah. a few months because in April, uh, March rather. My, my, March, April, whenever the hell Godzilla vs. Kong came out, either LA and New York had just opened or were about mm-hmm. to open. Um, now You're also the, talking to the guy that would go to a theater if it were raining frogs out. Right, but I will tell you, like, um, Sean Comer, you know, friend of the network, he keeps telling me that there's no theaters near him. I know a guy, um, he's been on, Jeff Sloboda, who lives in the Sarasota area here in Florida, and he's telling me the theaters aren't even open by him, which I find hard to believe, because there's like eight of them. You know, in the Tampa yeah. area that are all open. So I, I okay, if you insist. But the point is, I don't. I, I think when you're the minutia of what theaters are open where, you know, it might be a little overwhelming for people who are making big time decisions for their movie studios, and they're like, nah, I, you know, <laughs> it it might just be better to give people that the option. But again you're missing an entire uh, slice of money that you could be getting by not charging extra for it is my only point. And here's the point that I was going to make to you for like single people. Yeah. $30 for a movie seems a bit much, you know, but, but I last year when we did the $30 for Mulan, it was cheaper than anything. Anytime I take my kids to movies. Right. Because you have two kids and a wife, right? I don't have a dog. He doesn't get with me. Um, just to finish up the list here, uh, Black Widow is currently sitting at three fifty nine, and the we have the aforementioned problems with Scarlett Johansson. Um, yeah, but that that three fifty nine is a little deflated, seeing as th- that doesn't account for premier <coughs> access. Uh, a Quiet Place Part Two, almost at three hundred million. Cruella is at two hundred twenty one million. The Conjuring one hundred ninety seven. Impasse 181, and finally Chinese Doctors at 181. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine at this point it's going to make its $30 million that it needs needs to make, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't know how much post-removal um, from theaters and you know and placement on VOD helps the, bottom line, helps the bottom line. This will be in terms of financial viability. Um, but, you know, I, I, at the very, here's the thing. It gets Oscar nominations by, you know, and, and if it wins for something like visual or whatever, it'll get a re-release in theaters and people might go back and see it then. So, yeah. Would, um, but yeah, I, I would say at this point, it's run in the summer uh, for people going to see. It's probably done. Like I said, Suicide Squad was just out. Was just this was this a terrible weekend. summer release. Yeah. As you terrible said. Terrible summer release. This weekend, um, you know, it, the big release is uh, Free Guy, um, but Finally. there's a whole, but there's a whole bunch of limited releases. You know, like if you're, and then yeah. it, it, there's a wide release for Respect, which is the Aretha Franklin story. Yeah, um, 
but I mean, like, there's shit tons of like if you're into you know, if you're someone who goes to the theater every week to go see whatever the new uh, I can say it because you're on gay cowboys eating pudding movies. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could have just said indie film, but nope, gay cowboys Wait, eating pudding. What? You said you could say it because I'm on. I don't understand why. There are certain people. If I say that that phrase that I stole from South Park, get offended. Oh, um, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, you're fine. But um, there's a lot of even in even on the 13th here. There's shit tons of independent movies being released as well. So, what is who? What movie is that referencing? What? Oh, the, the, the gay cowboys eating pudding is yeah. referencing uh, Brokeback Mountain. Oh, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense in my head now. Wow, um, Ronnie, you're an idiot. So anyway, <laughs> continue on. August 20th, there's The Protégé, which is a wide release, but it's from a small studio, Lionsgate, known for the Saw franchise. Um, the big wide release is Reminiscence, which is also Day and Day on HBO Max. And... Um, I think that's it for oh the night house which is a horror thriller starring rebecca hall hmm. um again not exactly and none of these are exactly tearing up uh yeah tearing up theaters but it's but all of these make it harder for anyone to you know want to go see the green Knight. it's gonna make it harder for theaters to want to even keep it and then the candy man comes out on the oh, 27th and then shang chi so and then shang chi comes out on september 3rd so like i said um, it has no room to breathe at this point, yeah. and I don't see where anyone's going to be paying any kind of attention. It's to going it. downhill quickly. I mean, it went downhill yeah. when it released, and I hate to say that. I mean, it, like I said, cine- the cinematography is gorgeous, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I will I will agree with you on the acting. The acting is good because it have to be to, to act that script out. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> wow, but. Uh, <laughs> As far as a, a as a summer release, no, absolutely not. This is yeah. more of a a limited release. Hey, we got this on you know exclusive on HBO Max to watch or something like that later on. Yeah, um, this is going to lose money because of the wide release. I really believe that. Right. There's nobody going to go see this. Yeah, like I said, I think well, if I'll it gets a if it gets a re release close to Oscar time, like mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of other movies, it has a chance. It, it has it has a chance in a second release, maybe, um, if it gets a lot of Oscar buzz. But we'll see. Um, all right, with that said... There was are... a lot of people, a lot more people in the theater today than I thought there would be. Yeah, yeah, like um, there was two, four, maybe like 15 people in the theater to watch it, mm-hmm. um, including these two old women that were sitting down at the very first... I don't know why they were... I guess they just wanted to watch him nut on a on a sash. I mean, but uh, they're, they're sitting there... And uh, as soon as as soon as the, the credits started, they were loud. They were loud. And I don't know why they were so loud because they're just little old women. And all of a sudden, I heard, "Well, the cinematography was gorgeous, but I just don't know what they were talking about in this whole movie." So <laughs> kind of like what we said, you know, right? And then the and then the little, the older lady was like, "Uh huh, uh huh." And she's like, "Yeah, but I, you know, I've read the legends and I've done this." And I'm like, "Holy crap, lady, go smoke another <laughs> Paul Mall and shut up." But um. It was just like you know, you've got the 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 looky loos like me, mm-hmm. and like this, and, and you and those and those ladies there that will just go see a movie because one, we want to talk about it, and two, it's new, you know, and three, it, it, it interested me somewhat, you know. My, my parents go to the movies every week, and they always they don't always see whatever the like, the new big IP yeah. thing is. Sometimes they'll see something on the indie side. And my dad's a big fan of like Arthurian legend. So I don't know. Maybe my dad will see it and then he can tell me I'm dumb for not understanding it. Why did that guy <laughs> blow his load on the sash? I don't understand. When, when there was a perfectly good eye, he could have done it into. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so like, yeah. and with okay. that said, here's the no. critical review. <laughs> Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Alrighty, the critical score is, first of all, I forgot to mention, I always do this. You'd think I'd never done a podcast before. On video, um, <laughs> the critical review is brought to you by Grammarly. 
Bramley's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Um, Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. And yeah. saying, the critical score um, in the <coughs> folks, is an aggregate. This is not tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes may be criticizing things, but this is a collection of criticism, not their own. Uh, their aggregate score was 88%. So the critics mostly liked it. The audience score, as you can see, was 51%. I'm sure a lot of people landing in the same place we were. So the critical consensus, the Green Knight honors and deconstructs the source material in equal measure, producing an absorbing adventure that casts a fantastical spell. The audience says, <laughs> for better or <laughs> <for> worse, <laughs> the, Beautifully uh, filmed Green Knight is a different take on a classic story that takes its time in the telling and leaves a lot open to interpretation, which I'm sure annoyed a lot of people. Um, all right, Ronnie, I'm gonna ask you. Should I read yeah. should I read the rotten ones or should I read the, the fresh ones? Yeah, you know what I'm gonna say. What? Rotten. Oh, okay. Uh Michael Compton of Bowling Green Daily News. The cast is so good it becomes extremely frustrating to watch Lowry pull out way too many bells and whistles visually. It's as if Lowry, the director, doesn't trust his cast. So he tries to distract the audience by overemphasizing the camera work. Yeah, kind of. Okay, that was just that was a little pretentious. A little bit. Uh, Mark Feeney of the Boston Globe, top critic. Pacing, velocity, and flow don't interest Lowry. He knows the effects he wants, and skilled <laughs> as he is, knows how to get them, but are they worth getting? I get that. <clears throat> sort of. Um, Tim Brayton of Alternate Ending, a movie all about ideas, but it can't make those ideas cohere to a framework of a medieval romance. All right, so we're kind of... Go ahead. Rom yeah, okay, never mind. I know what they're saying. All right, so I'm going to read some fresh ones because... Yeah, go like for it. Yeah, these are... these are Yeah, those are kind of like... They're, they're just trying to be too artsy and why they don't like it. Uh, Bill Waters of Nerdbot. Nerdbot. Uh, it's been over 40 years since Excalibur gave us a truly classic take on the Aetherian mythos, but David Lowry has given us a new one. Unfortunately, it's not for the uninitiated. If medieval epics isn't your thing, you may wind up scratching your head. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, that's true. Fletcher Powell of KMUW <clears throat> Wichita Public Radio. I haven't stopped thinking about it. I, I don't know who's picking the sentences for these. <laughs> that tells what the hell me do you nothing. stop thinking about, you freak? I, I mean, really, <laughs> like, I, I, that's fine. Whatever tickles your fancy, but that doesn't tell me anything about the movie. I understand it's a portion of the review, but that's a, that's a really odd tagline. Um, it really is. All right, Jeremy Johns, a very unique and well and welcome cinematic experience. Uh, there's no DVD box. Calm the fuck down over there. Um, <laughs> all righty, um, Charles Kaplinsky of Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. There's an elusive quality to The Green Knight, which is Lowry's intent. It's a film that requires multiple viewings in order to absorb it all. It has to say and appreciate the artistry it contains. Okay. Again, then not really a summer movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. Sean Burns of North Shore Movies. This is the kind of movie you get lost in for a little while. The What? You get he's saying this is good because you can get lost in that world. Lost in what world? <laughs> exactly. Elias Savada, Film International. Patel's explosive performance. All right, I would not call his performance explosive. He most of the time was just looking bewildered or sad. Uh, pushes this fever dream of a film into award-worthy contender territory. Well, you're half right. Um. K. Austin Collins, I'll read a few more and then we'll be done. K. Austin Collins of Rolling Stone, top critic. The Green Knight, an epic in miniature, a fantasy all the more poignant for its moral realities, makes this a lesson worth learning. Okay. <laughs> Michael Ward, should I see it? You can't touch it. You can't feel it or really ever even get near it. But it sure does look pretty from afar. <laughs> fairly, I'm fairly certain those were song lyrics. Uh yeah. 
What? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Roger Moore of Movie Nation was nonplussed. More conventional than you expect. All right. In what way, sir? <laughs> Jesus Christ. In what way? Wait, wait. Say that again. Roger Moore of Movie Nation says this is more conventional than you'd expect. Okay. In, yeah. In what way? What What way is this conventional? Roger Moore. <laughs> Kurt Loder didn't like Kurt Loder. Kurt Loder is 77 years old. <laughs> Kurt Loder, formerly of MTV News. You hear her here at first. Who we mentioned frequently on this network. Lest anyone forget who Kurt Loder was or is. Currently of Reason Magazine, and in this case, Creator Syndicate. This movie could use a good dragon. Good effort, Kurt. Okay, yeah, well, he's not, he's not wrong there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't love that criticism, though. Uh, he's not wrong. I mean... Last one. Richard Roper of Chicago Sun-Times, top critic. A dazzling, dizzying fever dream. All right. Well, now, hold on. This, this has got some traction. Okay, but it's not a fever dream in the good sense, like he means it. Mm-hmm. This is a fever dream, as in what the crap did I just dream about? <laughs> Why did I go on that sash? And what is happening? Why? What did I eat? I and don't know Lord, where I am, and I don't know Lord where my pants me. are, and I can't yeah. remember the last twelve hours. Right, exactly. All right. Speaking of, I can't remember the last twelve hours. Here's what's coming up next on on the Rattle Engine Broadcasting Network. Tomorrow, uh, Evan Bevins and I are reviewing um, the first eight issues of the John Ostrander run on Suicide Squad from 1987. And then we're reviewing the new Suicide Squad movie uh, by James Gunn. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be doing the Mania of WrestleMania 4 and 5. Thursday. uh, Those are good manias. Yes. Thursday, um, we'll be re-airing our review of Star Trek Beyond, and allegedly, Jesse Starcher and Sean Comer will be reviewing JLA and Titans, The Technus Imperative. Um, Star, Trek two, Star Trek Season 2 Lower Decks uh, and Titans Season 3 are both debuting on the 12th, so that's why we're re-airing those. And then, to coincide with the, review, with the uh, release of Free Guy, we are re-airing our review of Pixels. Uh, with Adam okay. Yes, sir. I think I'm the only one in the world that actually liked Pixels. Yeah, that I wouldn't listen to our review because I'm pretty sure we tore it to fucking Jesus. Did you did? I listened to that review. Uh, did you? It's not like it's not like like I'm not going to defend it with all of my might. You know, it's not <laughs> that's not the hill that I choose to die on. Okay, but I thought it was cute. You know, it was it was fun. Peter Dinklage did a good job. Adam Sandler is Adam Sandler. I am admittedly a big mark for Kevin James. Don't know mm. why. But, I mean, I thought it was cute. You're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shut up. All right. And the next time Ronnie Adams is going to be joining us, um, I don't think you're on anything. For, oh, yeah, you're not on anything for the rest of the month unless you jump up and end up doing something. But Ronnie Adams is going to start making regular appearance, more regular appearances. You're, you, did you do the source material for Why the Last Man with Jesse? I did. All right, so that's going to get re-aired in September. So you'll hear Ronnie then. Hey, I was um, on source material every week, baby. Yeah, that's right. You were a regular there for a while until I drove you away. You um, did. <laughs> um, I don't know. If, uh, if you make yourself available... Uh, he might he, he might be on the last duel with me and Andrew, or just me, depending on if Andrew makes it there or not. I, oh no, the last duel I'm totally in because I thought that's what I was seeing today for five minutes. Okay, I have to write that down. Um, remember but then, that. <laughs> <laughs> but he will definitely be back. Um, I can't, we just wrote. We, he will definitely I got be a lot back of stuff coming in in, <laughs> in the September October. Yeah, later. Yeah, later. The second half of this year, you're going to see a lot more of Ronnie Adams. This, that's that. All right, go ahead and do because your plugs. Because nobody asked for it. <laughs> go ahead and do your plugs. You can see me and Zombie T-Rex here uh, on Misfits and Miscreants, the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Misfits and Miscreants. Now, I haven't streamed faithfully in a while. I took some time off, and I'm taking some time off 
uh, I went up to Wisconsin to the Mecca of D&D, uh, Mecca for D&D players everywhere. It's Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Got to see the home of one Gary Gygax, uh, the Memorial Platoon. Uh, you know, got to see the hobby shop, uh, hobby dungeon hobby shop museum, uh, his, his desk and everything where he worked and created Dungeons and Dragons. And from there, uh, video games, the points I have have not really been striking my fancy because I feel like I've overloaded myself on them. But I will be back with more video games. Um, but in the meantime, we are uh, airing more tabletop role-playing and card game content. We aired some uh, Magic the Gathering uh, play. Just We did some Commander playthrough um, because uh, Commander is the style of the game. Uh, you got, you know, like different styles and commanders, one of them. And that's the one I kind of enjoy the most right now. Um, uh, Wizards of the Coast just released their D&D related Magic the Gathering cards called Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Lots of great cards, lots of cool stuff in there if you're a D&D fan. And if you're a Magic fan, they got a lot of great cards in there. Um, I ran a, uh, for two friends of mine, uh, uh, Martin and Zach in Ohio, we played some Call of Cthulhu this past Tuesday night. Uh, the 7th edition game of Call of Cthulhu, uh, where nobody wins and everybody has nightmares. I was the keeper of arcane lore for them and um, ended up that one of their characters went uh, pretty permanently insane, and the other one ran without pants on away from the scene of the crime. Uh, and so the 21st, we will be starting a new um, Session Zero of Rime of the Frostmaiden. We will not be airing Session Zero, to my knowledge. Uh, they may talk me into it. But from there, every other week, you will be catching uh, me and seven other, eight other players, um, eight of my players, playing uh, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, as well as there's other games coming up. And you'll be seeing my big old stupid head playing some video games because I just picked up some blasts from the past. Everybody loves to be a pirate, so I'm going to be playing some Assassin's Creed Black Flag, um, some... Uh, Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor, Shadows of War, and also picked up a game that I made me think about you, and I don't know why, Mark, but I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, it's called Manhunter, where you are a shark, and you just eat people. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Exactly. Who hasn't loved that? So keep an eye out for those things, and um, uh, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Twitter is a giant trash hole of filth right now and i do not use it uh but yeah instagram facebook tiktok all misfits and miscreants and uh follow mark on tiktok he's really good at it thanks i'm i'm, I'm impressed well i appreciate that yeah i'm on tiktok um i think it's mark rattledge uh, if you type mark rattledge or google you will find all my things but, <laughs> it's um, true there's I only mean, one mark rattledge in the world yeah uh, I'm Mark Rattledge, LCSW on Facebook. I'm at Mark Rattledge on Twitter, as you can see on the screen here. If you're watching visual, if you're watching on YouTube, um, yeah, I have a TikTok under Mark Rattledge uh, or Rattledge Broadcasting, one of the two. I'm on Instagram, same thing. So, um, and then all of our videos are posted. Uh, if you're if you found this podcast, but you want to check out our YouTube page, it's uh, the W2M YouTube. My personal YouTube, just for anyone that cares. Uh, again, under Mark Rattledge, is uh, the old Rattledge and Broadcasting Network archive from Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's nice. slowly but surely, I am slowly but surely uploading every single episode of everything I've ever recorded that I have a copy of um, will <laughs> eventually be there. Well. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So stuff that's not going to make it to the w2m feed it's still all going to go there so you know there'll be a living record of all 15 years that i've wasted my life doing this um <laughs> we're no, on, uh, not it. to interrupt you not to interrupt you but we are on uh the youtube as well cool all right folks thanks for listening to ronnie adams and i uh review the green knight be well be safe and behave